Hello, beloved. Welcome to the Sacred Sister Podcast, where we normalize the magic and sacralize the mundane. In this podcast, we open up dialogue on metaphysical subjects, self-healing tools, expanding consciousness, and deepening awareness. We're here to support you in co-creating a life full of healing, meaning, and magic. If you're brand new here, welcome and hello. We're so excited to have you here. If you want to know more what has come before, season one is great for foundation of spiritual practices. Season two is focusing on relationships. Season three is featuring conscious entrepreneurs who are spearheading their sacred mission. And now we are in season four, where we're bringing fresh perspective to outdated systems and creating sustainable foundations for the new earth that's birthing. Since it's the season of the emperor, we're going to be mostly focusing on male voices this season. And the lineup of the season is fire. So make sure to subscribe if you're not already. I'm your host, Britt, certified self-inquiry and alignment-based smart flow yoga instructor, self-healing song channel, and personal transformation coach, guiding women to gain radical self-awareness in order to reconnect with their most expressive and vibrant self. And I'm your host, Hannah, a certified astrologer, ordained priestess, and rebirth coach. And I help women integrate past life and ancestral traumas to give birth to their higher self and manifest their wildest dreams into reality. We're really grateful that you're here. And together, we're here to serve as your sacred sister. Let's dive in. Hello, sacred beings. Welcome to another episode of Sacred Sister Podcast. Oh, can you just feel the life in the air? <laughs> oh, happy Taurus season. Happy, I'm recording this on 420. Happy spring. Birds are singing. Life is coming back into the dormancy that we have been moving through the last months. I just took 31 days off of social media and I'm feeling amazing. I just made my first post like in the last hour and oh, I just love seasons. <laughs> I love cycles so much. We actually open up on different pieces of cycle wisdom and nature wisdom in this episode. So who are we sitting down with today? Today we're sitting down with Shadow Integration Specialist Chris Orozco, and we're talking about all things shadow. It's really exciting for us to finally be featuring someone who specializes in shadow work and what we'll dive into shadow integration because we talk about the shadow all the time <laughs> as coaches ourselves and people that are, you know, acutely aware of personal transformation and spiritual development, we, Hannah and I, constantly have our eyes open to that which is circulating, that which is showing itself within ourselves, and a piece of that naturally is the shadow. So in this episode, we are not only going to be talking about what is the shadow or what do we mean by shadow, but we're also going to be going into like what is the difference between shadow work and shadow integration? How one can get started if they've never really begun diving into this work before. I'm actually a part of a lot of different online conversations, a lot of Facebook groups and whatnot. And this is another reason that we're so excited to be featuring Chris today because what it seems like, and I'm so happy to see the natural evolution of the spiritual bypassing, the like toxic light worker narrative of, you know, love and light and rainbows and unicorns and sparkles only. Do not acknowledge the negativity. I love seeing the natural progression of, oh yeah, maybe suppressing the stuff that keeps coming up and all these triggers that I find myself experiencing. Maybe ignoring those is not the best 
thing. <laughs> and maybe it would benefit my life to look more deeply into this realm. I feel like what I see people asking a lot about shadows or shadow work is actually just like, what is it? And it seems like a very elusive, mysterious thing. So we're very, very excited to be opening up in this realm. And uh, to go on with the list, we're also talking about like the loops that we can sometimes get ourselves into whenever we do start discovering shadows and we can get kind of obsessed with our shadows and doing shadow work and constantly chasing those like ego deaths and big breakthroughs and we go into that in this episode as well. Uh, Hannah opens up about how she sees fears as her spirit guards and this really beautiful piece of her practice that she elaborates on. We talk about syncing with our own natural rhythm and cycles, the difference of men and women doing shadow work, and at the end Chris gives three key steps to doing shadow integration. In this episode, he's also going to share his journey with shadow integration and the transformative role that it's played in his life. So we're going to keep the intro super short today. We're so grateful to have you here with us. Uh, we got this really cool. I'm actually going to pull it up on my phone right now. Dun, 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 dun. We got such a cool comment on Sacred Sister Podcast, and I really just want to breathe life into this sentiment because it's exactly what we created this podcast for. And it literally brought tears to my eyes reading it because continue sharing Sacred Sister podcast out so that we can continue landing in the ears and eyes of those who really want to see us, who want to know us, who also are yearning for that Sacred Sister kinship. And come and pop over onto Patreon. We have been doing these really cool commentaries where after our interviews with our guests, Hannah and I pop onto a separate call and record video on a lot of our own personal stories. We've been sharing a lot less personal stories this season, and that is because we are saving it for Patreon. <laughs> we feature the guest in the interview, and then we feature our stories and a deeper community dive. We really want to be opening the doors for people to get to know one another as well. And that's something that we're curating over at Patreon. Five bucks a month, tons of content, more and more coming all the time. And we're just excited to connect on that more intimate, deep level. So this comment, she goes, the favorite podcast find in so long. Caitlin says, I've been wanting to find what this podcast exactly provides. It's mystical, reverent, and accessible. Hannah and Britt aren't too heady or serious like I find with other podcasts that discuss spiritual topics. I find myself coming here and intuitively choosing a podcast often. Thanks to both hosts for bringing to life a loving, vulnerable, grounded, real space to listen to these conversations. Ah! Oh! so freaking cool. That's actually, I love that she touched on something that was my initial intention for this podcast when Hannah and I were sitting down and saying, what is Sacred Sister? What do we want to be doing with this space? I said, I just want to be real. I just want to be a different voice. I feel like what I was hearing a lot in the spiritual community is this like very just... Uh, it has to be this way, and we are universal oneness embodied in a vessel, which is all good and well and fine and true. <laughs> but I really wanted to ground it down and say, yeah, cool. Now that we know that we are these limitless, infinite potential beings, how do we ground it into this unique embodiment? How do we literally bring it down to earth and deliver it and showcase that unique limitless in a way that only we can that's the other half of the the dopeness of this human life in my perspective so before we head into hannah's astrology segment in the interview i want to feature a few of chris's human design aspects chris is a generator and we've had on quite a few generators this season as a matter of fact and generators are just this beautiful lighthouse that we're able to plug into truly like they are here to help us find 
the energy that really turns them on in life. They are this powerhouse generating this really specific, unique energy, and people can just go to them and plug in. <laughs> Be like, all right, dope. I'm getting my fuel. I'm getting my fix. I'm getting my um, my life lessons that are going to help me in this life. And Chris, like providing avenues for people to come to know and look deeper and transmute their own shadows. Like, hello, what better gift for him to be offering the world? And then we're taking a look at the incarnation cross and Chris's incarnation cross can be found within the quarter of initiation where purpose is fulfilled through the mind and it's found within gate three the difficulty at the beginning so it's the right angle cross of laws where people who approach the ways that we create shape and change our laws and values like an art form our laws determine how we deal with each other and bring order to society I read a couple things on this incarnation cross and I feel like it speaks to so much of what we talk about in this episode and you're going to come to know this energy fully within him as well. Well, maybe not fully, but some facets of it that he chooses to show. But he truly comes in with this universal understanding and helps people understand how our reality is a... What's the word? Like an amalgamation, like a mixture of that which we have experienced in the past. And so long as we are living as ourselves, we can start to see. We start to see what the triggers are. We start to see what the shadows are. We start to see where our judgments are, where we're hiding ourselves, where we're playing small, where we feel shame, where we experience fear, where we cast hateful judgments on other people. Like we we can gain so much awareness over ourselves, we can transmute and transform that much that we are willing to gain awareness over. And from that space, after time, after months and years of devoting ourselves to these types of self-healing processes, self-reflective processes, we really can come to gain a deeper understanding of the laws of the universe and how energy really works. It's honestly like such a beautiful aspect of life in my opinion. This is something that makes doing this work really, really magical for me. I feel like once I started really gaining awareness over this aspect of personal transformation work, I started feeling into what I can describe as this capacity, this depth and this capacity to life that I was yearning so deeply for since I was a child, but I never really, you know, knew how to communicate it outward. I didn't know what it was about. I never really saw people reflecting back to me that which I was feeling inside. So the fact that now I know what all of this (laughs) capacity is, and I feel into it really deeply, it's such joy to be connecting with other people who are either curious about living, embodying, and helping others with this similar topic. (laughs) Hee (laughs) hee. so funny uh hannah and i were just recently talking about just keeping the intro so short and (laughs) every time i'm like okay i'm gonna keep it like five minutes here we are at 12 minutes long but you know what i'm so over censoring myself trying to cut down on my verbosity my verboseness my garrulous oh my gosh my sister was reading one of my horoscopes from this big book that I have and I had never read it before and apparently one of my not so good traits was this garrulousness and I was like what is garrulous (laughs) the definition is like excessively wordy or talking about things that particularly don't matter (laughs) I was like no everything I say matters but hey This is who I am, Taurus, Gemini, Sun, showing up, telling it like it is, just fully, literally being myself, drawing in the people that are looking for more grounded people in themselves, 
people that are unafraid and unapologetic of expressing exactly who they are. This is the kind of energy that I'm expressing outward and I hope to be calling in more people that want to surround themselves with people that are just unafraid to be themselves. And this is me. I talk a lot. <laughs> and I love that about myself. <laughs> okay, bye, sacred sisters, sacred brothers, whoever it is that's listening here today. Love you so much. Let's head into Hannah's astrology segment. Enjoy the interview, enjoy the episode, and we'll see you in two weeks. See you on Patreon. See you on Instagram. Bye, babes. Hello, sacred being. This is your host, Hannah, and we are now in the inner blueprint section for Chris Orozco. So what we're going to be doing is looking at his Western astrology chart and see what kind of archetype are standing out. We're going to keep this really simple and short. This is a way to make astrology more accessible for you, so I'm excited to share this with you. So Chris' son is in Cancer. And it's in the third house, which is the house of Gemini. His son is actually right on the cusp between Cancer and Leo. So we got Leo, Cancer, and Gemini energies in his son. And the sun shows our self-expression. It shows the way that we shine our light, so to speak. And what I mean by that, it's our main personality. It's the aura that we are embodying. Cancer is the guardian, the nurturer. It's a cardinal water sign. It's very connected to the past and to memories and to vulnerability, going deeply into our emotions. His Cancer Leo son, it's, it's a beautiful cusp right there for him because being in the third house of communication, he's able to really be vulnerable in the way that he communicates and share about his own past share about his stories and how he has been moving through hard times, moving through really emotional traumas and how he has reached that radical self-expression of Leo within himself where he is just fully embodying everything that he is and that's what he helps his clients to do as well. With his moon in Capricorn in the ninth house, also conjunct Mars retrograde here. We have a lot of archetypes in here, so I want to keep this simple. Moon and Capricorn is the boss, the manager, and it's really important for Chris to, to feel accomplished and to feel that there is some sort of plan, that it's getting him to some sort of results. And we're talking about that a little bit uh, in regards to shadow work versus shadow integration. Because he is a shadow integration specialist and the moon in Capricorn loves to be an expert. It's really important to feel that he's learning as much as he can about a subject to be of the greatest service to other people and also to achieve the greatest results. One of the shadows of moon in Capricorn can be that it's easy for him to dive too deep into work, focus too much on getting things done and being successful and feeling kind of restless because there's always more to learn. And he's also sharing about that journey as well with us and how shadow integration has really helped him in that regard. Then his rising sign is in Taurus and Taurus is, I like to see it as the rock. It's a fixed earth sign, it's the archetype of a, a gardener, an artisan, but also that steady rock. Taurus is stable and steady and strong to move through any obstacles. Grounding is really important for a Taurus rising to connect to Mother Nature on a regular basis and being present, keeping it simple and enjoying the little moments of life. The last thing that I want to talk about, I mean, we can talk about this for hours, honestly, but the last thing I want to talk about is his south node and his north node because that's what's going to come up a lot in our interview as well and the south node for him is in Libra in the sixth house and the north node is in Aries in the twelfth house and the Libra south node here in the sixth house shows that there was a part of him that just wanted to be perfect and he felt like he needed to be perfect in order to be loved 
and he had a lot of judgments towards himself there because he just couldn't be that perfect person. And so he broke out from that and with the North Node in Aries it can break out in in very strong warrior energies. And the 12th house also rules drugs, it rules escapism, it rules just really those subconscious self-undoings that we can do when we just want to not deal with the practical world and when we want to escape. And I think it's so beautiful how he has found this way of combining his self node and north node, really integrating what has come up for him in the past and manifesting a way of being of service to other people through his story and by helping them move through their shadows and their self undoings and their hidden gifts to bring them back into the light and allow themselves to have that radical self-acceptance and radical self-love, that unconditional love, that oneness. And I think that is such a beautiful way of expressing his South Node and North Node axis. And so that's it from Chris. <laughs> I'm excited for you to listen to the interview. And I just want to mention too, if that's something that you're interested in, I am offering a special discount for our Sacred Sister podcast listeners. When you use the code SACREDSIS, you get 20% off the inner blueprint reading that you can book on my website, hannahchristensen.com. Also, I'm mentioning in the podcast the Moon Magic Manifestation Planner and Moon Magic Integration Journal that really helps with shadow integration and manifestation of dreams. So if you're looking for that, that's also my website, hannahchristensen.com. And then I also would love for you to join us on Instagram at Sacred Sister Podcast. That's just another way for us to connect, just as the Patreon that Brett was mentioning. We love to connect with you deeper, on a deeper level, on a more sacred sisterhood level. And so join us on Instagram at Sacred Sister Podcast, where we normalize the magic and sacralize the mundane of your everyday social media feed. <laughs> and so without further ado, we're going to go into the interview now. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Oh, Sacred Sister! A kindred flame, may we light one another From the ashes rise Oh, we rise Oh, want to thank everyone for being here. We're about to go really deep into some interesting sensations and ideas. And so first we're going to get grounded as well as being present to whatever's in our body. So we're going to start by taking three deep breaths in for three seconds, hold for three seconds, and release for three seconds. Hold at the bottom for three seconds. Inhale. Hold for three. And exhale. And as you're doing this, feel your feet on the floor. Feel your feet inside of your shoes or inside of your socks or just flat on the floor. Inhale again. and release. Just stay with your eyes closed. Feel your feet on the ground. Feel your seat. Feel any sensations in your body. And then just be present to any thoughts and any sensations. Allow them to be there. Hold them gently with your awareness. And see if you can hold that awareness as well as the awareness of your feet on the floor. 
See if you can split your awareness, even just slightly, to be able to see everything inside of you, as well as being aware of your physical body. Just sit in that and keep feeling. We're going to take two more deep breaths in this space. Notice whatever comes up for you. Allow it to be there. Just gently keep your feet on the ground. Inhale. Hold. Exhale. Hold. Inhale. Hold. And exhale. And as you're keeping your awareness, take your time and just slowly open your eyes. See if you can hold the awareness of both your physical body and your internal world as you open your eyes. That should prepare you to take in some information while being aware of how it makes you feel and staying grounded. Beautiful. Thank you. That was perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. We are so excited. Welcome to Sacred Sister Podcast. Chris Orozco, you are a life coach and business coach and basically with the main focus on shadow integration. So as the shadow integration specialist, we're so honored to have you here because we both, Britt and I, love shadow integration. It's one of our things that we do on a regular basis in our own lives, but yeah. also with our coaching clients. And so we realized we don't have any episode on this in the whole <laughs> Sacred Sister podcast. We're in season four, and this is the first time we're talking about it. We're like, that's crazy. So we're so excited to be sitting down with you. And yeah, really dive deep into shadow work, shadow integration, alchemy. And what does that all mean? And what is it about? So welcome. I love it. I'm so honored to be here. I, I love hearing that I get to be the first conversation about this topic. I'm, I'm honored. I'm excited. And I, I think we're going to have a really great conversation. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Welcome, Chris. And I really I want to touch on this because I love what you just did in that meditation right there, which was the invitation of the dual perspectives. Because mm. sometimes we can be so enamored by, uh, like subconsciously enamored by not even realizing that we're doing it, but so taken by our perspective and what it is that we feel that life is or what is going on in this moment or you know, preoccupied with our own chitta or our own mind space mm -hmm. and really having someone like initiate and spark and ignite that dual perspective. That's like, okay, while you're doing this, can even a little bit of you feel into this other thing? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times for my own client sessions as well, it's that sort of initiation or invitation that just starts to completely shift things because people are like, Oh, I can, I can yeah. contemplate something else while I'm experiencing this thing that I'm so used to experience. And yeah, for me, that's the beginning of where a lot of magic can start taking place. 100%. Yeah. It's that it's a superpower that almost everybody has that we never even think to exercise or even experiment with. Because it's mm -hmm. just not something that comes to us intuitively, but it's for my like version of shadow integration work. It's it's one of the foundational principles of being able to be aware of in here and out here simultaneously, and then to be aware of the connection and the exchange and the dynamic between the two. Like that's for me where the real insight comes from. Mm -hmm. And it makes that's a lot of sense when we talk about you know light and shadow as the dual forces, but also with polarity, like working with both of them, you know, and going from the uh, fake or extreme light worker perspective of 
positive vibes only and just focus on the light at all times to like, hey, we can be aware of both of them. And it's Uh actually really helpful to be aware of both of them and be conscious and consciously bringing light to the shadow and diving into the shadow. So we've Mm -hmm. been talking a lot about the shadow. So I would love for you to kind of define in your own words what it is that you see the shadow as. Yeah. So uh, in my work, I like to make things as simple and practical and easy to access as humanly possible. So I just refer to the shadow as whatever it is you don't want to see about yourself. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, is, if it's about you, if it's in here and you don't want to see it, it's pushed away into your shadow. And this is a really important distinction because a lot of people intuitively think that the shadow must be all the bad parts of you like your aggression and your negativity and and all the the quote unquote bad things, but it's just as easy for someone to keep their love and their compassion and their creativity and vibrancy. Like those things can be kept in the shadow just as much. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to not just see it Mm -hmm. as bad traits, but just things that were probably not very good survival tactics in whatever environment you grew up in. And so they got pushed Mm -hmm. to the side because they didn't work in favor of things that would help you actually get through your life. And so shadow integration is taking all those things back and bringing them back into your mind and back into your body so that you can be whole. And that's kind of like the polarity you were talking about is like, yeah, you can't just look at one side because it's two sides of the same coin. And if we're talking about love, especially like universal kind of spiritual love, like to think that you could only love the good things, but you can't love the bad. Like there's just something inherently wrong with that. And you can never really have unconditional self-love or unconditional love for others, or even an experience of wholeness. If you're picking and choosing about what things you can accept and what things you can't. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's so many, so many little pieces and pockets that are popping up like, Ooh, we need to talk about this and we need to talk about this and this. So one of the things that you alluded to just now is about how some of the seeming gifts that are inside of us can also be hiding in the shadow, things like creativity mm-hmm. and whatnot. So for anyone that's listening to this right now, who maybe this is a new concept for you, and maybe you haven't heard, and just to, to clarify, you, shadow work is synonymous with, or another word for shadow integration, would you say so? So I actually, in my work, I try to draw a subtle distinction Because Mm -hmm. for me, shadow work is like something like mindfulness. You could consider shadow work because Mm -hmm. you can become aware of your unconscious thoughts and all those sorts of things, but it doesn't go into the realm of integration. Just because you're aware of something, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to become integrated. You could Mm -hmm. be aware of it forever and have the same symptoms show up and be mindful about the symptoms. But unless you go into the cause of whatever's causing those symptoms to show up and integrate that, then the symptoms will never stop. And so for me, there's a subtle distinction of like, are you aware of the symptoms and what they're doing to you? Or are you actually digging underneath to integrate the cause of those? And so for me, there is a subtle distinction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel that we can sometimes get stuck in shadow work too. Mm-hmm. Whereas shadow integration has an end to it in some way or another, you know, like there's obviously there's always going to be something to integrate because that's part of life. And, you know, we're always growing and expanding. So there's always more (laughs) Mm -hmm. if we want it to be. Um, But also at the same time with shadow work, what it could be sometimes, I mean, it all, it's, it's just a word, what it comes down to and everybody has different definitions around it, but what it can happen is that we get stuck in our shadows and Mm -hmm. really feel like, okay, I have to dive deep into my shadow on a regular basis all the time. And then we forget to just like embrace our light, you Mm -hmm. know? So, I mean, I know that for myself that I've definitely found myself in places where I was like really looking at the shadow and then um, because I have that love for shadow integration and I don't mm-hmm. mind going into the shadows and deep, I still have to remind myself, okay, cool. So we've done that. There's some end to this. And now I'm mm-hmm. going to move forward and, and focus on the light again, because mm-hmm. we can get stuck in, in one way or another. And we've talked about addictions in the mm. two episodes before this one. And so it's the same thing. You know, we can get addicted to light work. We can get addicted to mm-hmm. shadow integration. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I like to address that by teaching shadow integration as a means to an end. Yeah. 
And so when I teach shadow integration, it's always in service of a meaningful goal. It's like, mm-hmm. where are you trying to get in your life? What? Because there's this quote from Carl Jung that I kind of live my life by. And if it's, if you follow that which is most alive in you, it will lead you to God, even if it doesn't seem like it. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like my mission statement for my life and my coaching and kind of everything that I do. And so for me, the shadow integration should be in service of that which is most alive in you. Yeah. And for mm-hmm. me, that helps me not get stuck. And that's also why it's important to be aware of the outside world and the internal world. Because when you're doing your shadow work, you kind of want to be checking, like, is this helping me move towards a life I want to live? Or am I just kind of navel gazing forever? And if you can be aware of both, you can answer that question really, really delicately. Mm-hmm. So important. Wow. I mean, to go back to what I was saying a couple minutes ago, I love that you, I, I feel like I just really want to lay a ground lay a bed for anyone listening to this right now to really sink into and be like, Oh my gosh, maybe there is something more that I could be doing Mm. in this realm or like seeing myself in a new way and separating myself from the conviction that I am not creative, that I am Mm. unlovable, that I don't love myself. And maybe there can be a different reality because we talk about it. So like easy peasy because we know it, we're in love with it. We've been living this way for so long. And I just think back to maybe my younger self that would hear people talking about this as so easy and like, you know, I've changed my life and I'm a totally different person now. (laughs) And someone who really has never even really touched or delved or stuck toes into this water before. Mm -hmm. And mm, I just like, I know that there is, there is at the very least one person Mm-hmm. that is held and captivated in this moment. And to you, my darling, my sweet, my angel, my sister, my brother in spirit, I just really, really want to beyond the shadow of a doubt proclaim that this is our game. This is our experience to be had and we can dive as deeply as we have the courage within us to go and we can take it as slowly as we want. And mm-hmm. so long as we can really hold ourselves in those experiences and, and not, not go to a place that makes us scared or feel unsafe necessarily or dangerous. Like mm-hmm. we can just take it as slow as possible. And I'd love to hear your perspective on this as well, because there's another part of me that that um, that witnesses in the collective that we see that people transmute and alchemize all these things within themselves, and we think that this process is supposed to be somewhat fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like changing the inner landscape is like you come in as an excavator, witness the stuff, you hire the team, which is yourself and other tools and allies. And you, you know, do the landscaping and commit to it till it's done. And I would love to know your explanation on maybe how that is not the way that usually we go about things. (laughs) In fact, I go so far as to say that you only can grow at the pace of the slowest part of you. Mm. That's, that's the pace at which we can grow. Whatever the most freaked out, whatever the most scared, whatever the most repressed part of you that's holding you back the most you can really only grow at the pace that that thing will let you. And so I like to say that you can really only grow at the pace of your own integration. And so what I personally do is I try and walk towards my goals. And if I get stuck, I deter and I integrate that thing. And then, so it pushes me forward to the next one. And then I integrate that and it pushes me forward. And it does, it is a bit of a slower, it's more than a bit of a slower pace. It is a slower pace. Like people that work at the speed of repression can work extremely well, but it's and extremely quickly, but it's in, it's an insustainable pace. Cause that's what I did. I first started coaching and without even knowing it, I was repressing all these parts of me that I thought weren't going to help me. And then I burned out and had to start all over again. And that's when I really accepted my own pace. And if like, if you were working towards a goal and some part of you was really, really scared for you to overpower that and shove it aside, is to kind of say that like, I don't actually really matter. That this thing that I think I need is actually more important than my well-being. 
and how I treat myself and my relationship with myself. And that's just a tragic thing to be communicating to any part of you. And so if what you really value is wholeness and love and, and unity and the actual experience of self-actualization, rather than just kind of like how hollow successes, self-actualization can only go at the pace of the most scared part of you. And it can only, and that part of you will only grow at the pace that it trusts you. And so trust is the most important part because you have to kind of, a lot of times you have to just kind of hold space for this part of you. If it doesn't want to open up, if it doesn't want to speak, if it doesn't want to move, if it doesn't want to tell you anything because it doesn't trust you and you just kind of have to sit there and be like, that's okay. I'll be here until you decide to trust me. And then when you decide to open up and start to tell me more, I'll act on it. I promise. And as you do that, trust gets built and then the momentum builds and you can grow faster and faster and faster. But to try and skip that phase is it's, it's not healthy. It's, it's unsustainable. And it just, it communicates something borderline cruel to the, to the most sensitive parts of us. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. The way that you just described that. And I always like to see it as when we try to reach a goal or we're working on something, we want to up level, we're reaching a glass ceiling and we can mm -hmm. like bump mm -hmm. our heads against it and trying to break through, you know, and I see so much about breakthrough, you know, yeah. like it's all about the breakthrough. And I'm thinking like, just, just bringing it back to our physical reality. If I was in a glass, if I hit a glass ceiling, the last thing I would try to do is trying to break through it with my head. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna break through now like it hurts uh -huh. it hurts if we keep on doing that and just as you were saying you know if we continually um ignore the ceilings and be like I'm just gonna break through all of these all the time breakthroughs we're gonna get hurt in the process it's gonna be painful we're gonna get exhausted we're gonna get burned out and what I feel like is okay when life is bringing us this glass ceiling It's something like, okay, I'm not meant to move forward right now. I'm not ready for that growth part yet. There's something I'm meant to look into the past and see what can I integrate? What is there lurking in the shadows behind me mm -hmm. that I'm not looking at? And that could be in our in our current lifetime, in our childhood, that could have been in past lives, like that could have been in ancestral lineages, you know, whatever mm -hmm. we're taking on. And as soon as we're allowing ourselves to feel into that shadow and connect with it, that's mm -hmm. when we can start integrating it and also reclaiming our powers from it. Because it's just as you were saying, the shadows, yes, they are fears, but at the same time, there's like gifts to it as well. And mm -hmm. there's something in there that we haven't unlocked yet. And then we get the key and then we can unlock it. It's almost like the glass ceiling. It's like a door and we can just tick, unlock it and we mm -hmm. can walk yeah. through that level. And it's so much easier, you know? Yeah. And yeah, because that glass ceiling is a person. It's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a being that lives inside of you that cares more about your survival than anything else in this world. Mm -hmm. And so to try and overpower that just doesn't really even make any logical sense when you can conceptualize it from that perspective, yeah. but instead to say like, all right, you're fighting for my life. And this is what you think it takes to fight for my life. So first of all, thank you. Yeah. And then second of all, like, how can I help you do this better? Mm -hmm. And then you get an ally who helps you and pushes you forward to the next one. And it's, Totally. I like to call them uh, spirit guards. You mm, know, mm -hmm. Spirit guides are like helping us to the light. And then we have spirit guards that are just there and help us stay safe in our comfort zone, right? And, and keep mm -hmm. us safe and protect us. But sometimes mm -hmm. they keep us so safe in something that we're ready to outgrow. And we're mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm going to delegate you to a new job because thank yeah. you for having helped me so far. It was really beneficial. And I think that's also, I love that you just mentioned that about the gratitude aspect, because realizing that shadow was there for a reason, that fear um, about something, if that's in regards to a gift, or if that's in regards to relationships or intimacy or whatever it was, connection, that was there for a reason, because it has saved us before. It protected mm -hmm. us because maybe we were growing up in an environment where it wasn't safe to connect mm -hmm freely and openly with others and we get hurt from it and so that spirit guard was there and be like I'm not going to let you get hurt anymore yeah I'm here for you I take care of you 
And then when we start talking to them, be like, you know what? My environment changed now. I'm in a different mm -hmm. place. Yep. I'm ready to open up more. I'm ready to connect more. And then uh, we can talk to them. And it's, it's really fun to take parts. This is what I like to do too. It's like taking parts that are within myself and putting them outside of myself and starting to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Instead of feeling like, oh, it's all inside of me. Then it's like, wait, how is it all inside of me? You know, but when we like disconnect from it for a little bit and be like, hey, let me talk to you specifically. Mm -hmm. That's when we can have that relationship and we can build it up and then we can unite again after when it's all integrated and we're on the same page again. It's beautiful that that's even possible, you know, because I find, especially in the earlier phases where it can be so challenging to identify with something because mm -hmm. it's so out of context with our being that if yeah. you look at it as something outside of you, it's much easier to digest. Yeah. Whereas some things to look at them outside of you is too scary. And so if yeah. you look at it as a part of you, it can help you come into connection and affinity with it much sooner. So it's like, you can look at it outside or inside. It doesn't really matter. You're going to get the work done either way. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I feel like when, when you two have been talking about a lot of these, I've been seeing these visuals that it's like these little eggs, um, like in terms of shadows that are presenting themselves that want to be seen. And also, Chris, the way that you were saying, holding space for the parts of ourselves that we see that are there, but are so far away from actually tapping into and accessing at this point or starting to delve into that we just can just sit there with it and be like, mm, mm -hmm. I love you. <laughs> but um, I'm thinking of for the person that might be coming into this, you know, newly and be feeling very overwhelmed because they're coming into contact at varying degrees mm -hmm. of like, cannot fucking go there yet. Know that it's there, can't go there yet. And, you know, just seeing all these things rising to the surface. What I've been visualizing is these little seeds or little eggs that present themselves to you that are ready to be, um, you know, opened sooner than things that they know are not near ready. I guess mm -hmm. I'm thinking of myself too, because when I, when I realized how fearful I was of my own creativity and how much I just did not even believe, I thought I would die if I picked up a paintbrush from like mm -hmm. shame and fear and all these things. It took me like a good, you know, year and a half of journaling a ton about the memories surfacing about why I was scared about it. And then letting myself paint for the first time, mm -hmm. revelatory experience. And now being in a space that like, you know, five years of this type of work, literally, that's why I want to say time, time stamps for people out there sometimes for people <laughs> that are like, I need like six months and I'm going to be a different person, you know, like, it took me years, the deepest treasures that we hold and that we separate ourselves from within for a very good reason. And Hannah, I love that you really touched on that. Um, it takes time. It takes time to edge toward us because we also aren't a society likely that can just devote every single second to this one aspect, this one facet of our lives. Yes, it's huge, but also we need to pay bills and do work and do this and do that. But it's also very mentally taxing. So taking it as slow as we need to go and allowing, knowing that this is a lifelong process, a lifelong journey, and that through the continued devotion of the practice, like we will get there. And those tiny, 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 tiny steps for me are just like, Oh my gosh, the most fun, the most fun part. But do you find that people come to you? Yeah, it's a journey. Do you find that people come to you, Chris? I know that, I mean, whatever, this is the case for me and my clients, but I'd love to know since you really specialize in this, is this something that you see a lot within your clientele about, you know, the transmuting as quickly as possible? Or like, what do you have to say? What's your wisdom on that? Um, I find guys tend to be more impatient with it. Because I think guys just want to just get in there and they want to do whatever it is they want to do. And they don't want to mess with anything that's getting in the way. They just want to go live their lives and just do it now. And I find women tend to be a little bit more patient with it. Um, it's a little bit more intuitive for women that I find. 
Um, it can be very, very difficult to teach this to an extremely analytical person. Like I have clients that work in tech and it can take a very long time for them to even get the main concepts. But then once they do get the main concepts, things start to really start moving. And for me, it took about two years to start noticing really significant changes in my life. Um, like I got into shadow work because my life was just a wreck, a complete wreck. Um, I lost my dad when I was seven. So I had a ton of um, trauma from that. I was also raised by Jehovah's Witnesses. So that didn't help. And then I got into like drug use to cope with it when I was a kid. And that led to a bunch more mental problems. And so by the time I was 26, I was, I was ready to just check out. I was done. But then after two years of intense shadow integration, I looked around and it was like, okay, like, yeah, it's been two years, but these people, I was, I joined a men's group and I was like, wow, these guys that I used to look up to are now looking to me. And so it's like, yeah, two years can seem like a long time for somebody to just not have intense suffering anymore. Like that can seem like a long time, but when the two years pass and you see those incremental changes that you're talking about and you light up and you see the hope and you're like, oh my God, I am getting better. I can get better. Like the light is getting closer the two years passes before you even realize it. And the next thing you know, you're healthy and happy and integrated in a way that you really couldn't even imagine before. And it's sustainable. And that's the beautiful thing about it. It doesn't require any effort. Like before I learned shadow integration, it was so much effort to try and be happy or to try mm -hmm. and be productive because mm -hmm. I was fighting all these different parts of myself. But now they just, they're not there anymore for me to fight. They've been integrated and they help me. And so it's like a, taking a few years, like it's taking me six years to get successful in my business through doing it this way. But it's like, I wouldn't have ever wanted it any other way because who I am now was worth those six years. I wouldn't have wanted the success that would have come from skipping all that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have wanted, because I, I wouldn't be able to have the relationship I have with my girlfriend. I wouldn't be able to have um, the never ending flow of content that I have. Like it wouldn't be able to be easy and effortless if it wasn't coming from an authentic place inside of me. So all that time in one sense, it really can be daunting and seem like a lot. And at the same time, it's like one of the jokes I like to say is like, well, what else are you going to do? Like, do you have any more important plans? Like, did you have other stuff going on? Like we might as well, it's like brushing your teeth. And if you get into a habit like that, then time is going to pass either way. And your life is just going to get consistently better in ways that are hard to even quantify. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I was just recently reading a book, To Be or Not To Be, I think it's called, mm -hmm. and it's like the the secret of everything. And mm -hmm. I found it so interesting because it was saying how everything is inside of us and if we want to change our life now, we can do so right now. Mm -hmm. And in some way, I agree to it. And in other ways, I don't because mm -hmm. what we don't understand, what we often is not looked at and I feel like that's like that more masculine approach that more yang approach that is like it's all on me it's all individual it's all my thing so mm. I'm gonna change it so my life is gonna change yes and there are also other aspects to life mm -hmm. there are other people there are situations and they come with time And they come like even from astrology aspect, we're moving through different transits and these transits and they are, it's like a cosmic clock and it's a time and they are going to activate different parts within your chart. And if those parts within your chart aren't activated yet, uh, yes, you can work with that aspect. Yes. But also when that transit is coming, that's when you can really see the big change, the big difference, mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like I love that we're talking about this, how time is so important because sometimes we can forget that um, mm -hmm. because outside of this body, there is no time, right? Everything is now and we can tune into the past and present and future. And it's so fun. But at the same time, we're also incarnated as human beings and we are part of seasons and part of seasonal living. And there is a timing that is happening and the more that we become aware of that timing and play with it work in sync with that knowing okay yes I, i'm going to start doing that integration already now when the time is coming where that transit is happening i'm going to be ready for it i'm not going to just be getting hit by it and be like oh wow where did that come from kind of thing mm -hmm. But we can already start preparing just as you know back in the day we would start preparing 
um, the harvest or start preparing planting seeds so that we can harvest so that we have food throughout the winter. You know, it's just like feeling into that season, that seasonal living and that timing. And I feel like it's so important for shadow integration because I have that sometimes too with my clients that I see that there is an impatience coming up mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's like, okay, we've worked on this. Like it should be gone now forever. Yeah. Like, where is it? Why is it still coming mm-hmm. up? And I said, you know what, that shadow, it, this is part of life and, and it takes time for it to be fully integrated, but for you sure. can see when you look back, wow, I've gotten so much better. And I feel like that's so important too, to reflect and journal and look back because sometimes we can just be in this place of like, I'm doing, doing, you know, always needing to get better. And then we can feel like, oh my gosh, why is this shadow coming back up? But then we realize, oh, my reaction to that shadow has changed now because of what I've done in the past. Mm -hmm. So this is how we know that we've grown. Mm -hmm. And by celebrating that growth, even if it's just a little growth, that's when more growth is happening. And I love what you were saying about the timing of it and the cycles, because that feeds into what we were talking about before, how your shadow will kind of guide you depending on what comes up first. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that. It's amazing to me, the internal guidance system that shows up when you start just dealing with what wants to present itself. It goes in this order that has your life unfold perfectly with the surroundings around you and the circumstances and all this sort of stuff. It's like, we've been humans for so long that so much of this guidance system is baked into us that -hmm. if you just allow your system to organize itself the way that it wants to, it's in perfect harmony with the cycles and, and with its environment and with what you can manage to face at what time and in what degree it's it's just absolutely amazing the sophistication of the guidance system that opens up when you really start to live at the pace of your own integration and and follow that guidance it's really incredible beautiful and on that note i know that one of the ways that i love working with the moon cycles and i just popped out for the restroom really quick but hannah i'm not sure if you exactly touched on this the the cycles of a calendar year or not even a calendar year but the lunar year when we come upon the new moon time and that that darkness where we're able to go deep and really witness ourselves in a new way that says well, what is it that I am avoiding possibly within ourselves Mm. or within myself and around first quarter moon saying, well, what is it that I'm getting challenged by? These can be really, really great indications to witnessing what it is that's presenting itself to us and uh, starting to track those, starting to log those. And I love that I have six years of immaculate journaling practices now that I'm able to be like, oh yeah, this is what's going on now, this Aries new moon. Oh my gosh, this was going on Aries new moon last year. Three years ago, this was going on. Mm. And witnessing these archetypes showing themselves like in that spiralic healing vortex, how different facets of the Aries archetype is presenting itself in the way for me to get to know myself more fully and showing me still like, you know, what what's up for me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, thank you for touching on that too. And I feel, I feel like now I have to mention it for anybody who wants to feel deeper into that and, and feels called to start journaling with the moon and plan with the moon. I'm offering the Moon Magic Manifestation Planner and Moon Magic Integration Journal on my website. Mm-hmm. So, and if you buy both of them, you get a discount to 25% off. So, yeah. Thank you I've for been, mentioning that because I was yes. like, oh, you know, for anybody that's like, how do I even get started with this? Mm. Yes. How do I dive deeper into this practice? Um, that's really, it, it's a good tool to use. I use that all the time for myself. So that's yeah. why I created it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for plugging that because I use, I've been using it. I was one of the first purchases. I've yeah. been loving watching you publish your own book and yeah, this this planner and the integration journal just help you so much to to witness the self, to come to know the self more fully. 
And yeah, it can be really, really helpful because this is what I was going to say too, is not only, you know, individually looking at the, for instance, Aries new moon, because through the lunar year, it takes you through all 12 of the archetypes and all 12 of the pie slices. So you can see yourself through so many different facets because even I feel like contemplating for the average human that's not used to this self-reflective work to witness yourself in 12 different arenas within your life, 12 different stages to think about, wow, I have relationships with all these aspects of consciousness. What does it look like for me? And not only what does it look like for me on a land, uh, like life level, but what does it look like for me today? How did this, how did, you know, this work association trigger me in this area. Well, whatever. I feel like I get lost on mental loops sometimes and my mind is just <laughs> thinking, of, <laughs> thinking of so many things that I don't want to provide context for <laughs> in the moment. But okay, so coming back to this land, Chris, for the person that's listening right now, that's really interested to start working with, or even to deepen their shadow work or shadow integration process. What are like a few really simple key steps that you would start giving to them? Mm, yeah. So, um, I like to give it in, I think it's three or four steps. Um, so first is figure out what you're aiming at. And then as soon as you know what you're aiming at, you will probably start to notice thoughts or sensations that make you feel like you can't have that or shouldn't go for it or some kind of doubts or insecurities. As soon as you get really crystal clear about what you want, mm -hmm. the parts that say you can't have it will probably start to surface pretty immediately. And if mm -hmm. they don't, they will by the time you start walking towards it. Mm -hmm. And so what I teach is like, as soon as you create your vision, know that all that stuff's going to show up and that's part of it. And that those are the things that are going to teach you actually how to get where you want to go. And so it's like, figure out where you want to go, figure out all the parts of you that are going to stop you and then listen to them, give them a space to express either in a journal or out loud or physically, somatically, however it is you want to do it, allow them to express themselves through you so that you can see what they're all about, what they're thinking, what they're feeling and why they do what they do. And then see if there's any needs that they have and meet those needs. Those could be emotional needs, like they need love and care and space and attention. It could be practical needs, like you need to set a boundary, you need to stand up for yourself, you need to exercise more, whatever it might be. But you'll always either find an emotional or a physical, probably both. And if you can meet both, then that part of you will just trust that its needs are going to be met over time and it becomes integrated and you're done until you have to hit it on the next level. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. And that, those are such good action steps too for uh, anybody who's listening right now. It's like, how do I get started? So that's perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And for anybody who is like, I want to work with Chris. I want to get to know him on a deeper level. How did I do that? Right now, I'm reworking most of the way I do everything. So right now, the best place to get in touch with me is on Instagram um, and YouTube. Um, it's all Operation Moksha, the little hyphen underneath the first and second words. And Moksha is M-O-K-S-H-A. Um, and you'll find me, my writing, you'll find my videos, you'll find my memes, you'll find pretty much everything I've ever done. Awesome. And why did you choose Moksha? Um, actually, it's kind of a cool story. Um, so I have, I've been into punk rock since I was in sixth grade. That's one of my main influences is punk rock. And one of my favorite bands ever is called Operation Ivy. And they have a song called Unity. And that song is about... In the 80s, in the punk rock scene, there was a lot of racial tension and like all kinds of things would happen there. And so this band came out with a song called Unity and it was about unifying all people along all lines, like racial, so like psychological, like no matter who you are, like it's about creating unity. And then moksha is a Sanskrit word for liberation. And so, and it's specifically liberation, two different kinds, but the kind I mean is liberation from the false self and into the real, true, authentic self. And so for me, it's like being able to tie both of those influences, my punk rock influence with my like spiritual influence, and then create a mission, an operation to set everybody free. So it was just some name that I thought of that ties together two of my favorite influences and also creates a mission statement. Love it. I'm going to listen to that song. I just love music. And when I think of punk rock, I think of, I think mosh pits, right? Is that where mosh pits mm -hmm. are? That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. I need to listen to this unity song 
I'm very, very interested to hear what it would sound like. I haven't ever really delved into that music genre, so I'm very, very fascinated to, to know. There is about. a <laughs> surprising amount of overlap between punk rock and the transformational culture and ideology. Mm. There's a surprising amount of overlap. I, I like to say that punks are just hippies with access to anger. Mm, fascinating. Well, it, for me, it makes some sense because a lot of people um, maybe who listen to that music have an identification with distrust of the government or distrust of systems that are clearly trying to oppress us. So asking more questions and then, you know, that's likely how it's also just about radical (laughs) self-expression is Mm -hmm. one of the main elements of punk rock is radical self-expression like this is who Mm -hmm. i am i know who you guys want me to be but this is Mm -hmm. who i am and this is who i'm gonna be and it's really just putting a stake in the ground for who you actually are beautiful yeah so we've come to an end of this interview i know we can talk for so much longer too but um just to all finish it up we are asking each of our guests three sacred questions and you can just answer them in a shorter format you ready yeah ready what does sacred mean to you Mm. Sacred to me means that which deserves honor and reverence at all times, always. Beautiful. And who is a sacred brother or sister to you? And what does it mean to have a sacred brother or sister? Oh, that's a good one. Um, So for me, like I, I like my ears perked up when you said sacred brother. And to me, a sacred brother is somebody who I can trust with my heart, who will also call me out when I'm messing up. And who will, who will call me forward, who will be strong about it, who won't mince words, but he'll do it for the betterment of my heart so that me and the whole crew can rise. Mm, that's beautiful. And how do you turn something mundane uh, and normal into something sacred and magical? Mm. By connecting to the part of you that governs that thing whatever it is, if it's the part of you that governs your relationship or your creativity or your career, you can make it sacred by having a sacred relationship with the part of you that feeds it. Beautiful. Ah, it's all about relationships, right? Even like mm-hmm. shadow integration, all about starting, creating that relationship with our shadows and with our light. Mm-hmm. And yes. Radical self-expression. I love it. Yeah, that was so awesome. I love how I never know how these interviews are going to go. They're so dope. They're so much cooler than I ever could have imagined. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. I really appreciate you both. These are fantastic questions. Like we got to cover a lot of really cool stuff. So I'm super grateful. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris, for being here with us. And thank you for all our listeners who are with us. And we, Britt and I, are going to jump on to the Patreon too. So anyone who wants to go deeper into this, Britt and I are going to talk more. Um, But yeah, for now, thank you, everybody, for listening. And yeah, have a wonderful rest of your day. Mm -hmm. Namaste.